You're listening to the Karen 10 Podcast, where we bring our alumni back inside Karen University in just 10 minutes. Who needs a will? And what are wills for? How do I get a will? And can Karen and the Regency Foundation help me to get answers to any or all of these questions? Well, of course, the answer is yes in most cases here. And on this podcast, we will tackle these questions and more with Keith Johnson, director of the Regency Foundation. And we end the podcast today highlighting one of our newest alumni benefits and an opportunity because of your alumni status to receive discounted legal services. So I would encourage you to stay tuned all the way through and hear about a few special offers and a couple of other interesting things. Keith, let's jump right in. Sure. What, at a very, very basic level, is a will? Well, simply put, a will is a legal document where an individual places in writing how they choose to have their property distributed when they die. So it's that simple. But in that document, they name an executor or an executrix, depending if they're male or female, uh, to administer the distribution and the settlement of that estate They also name beneficiaries to receive the proceeds of the estate. So that's basically what it is. It's just a written document saying, where do you want things to go when you die? Okay. All right. We're into some basic definitions here at the outset. And actually, in a recent podcast on your podcast, Advancement, you talked about life insurance and and you listed there uh, some fascinating ways to use that and making gifts to the university. Uh, But even before that, what I, because there's a tie-in here, at the very basic level, what is life insurance? Well, again, it's all about documentation. It's mm-hmm. a legal contract between the insured, that's you, and the insurance company. And uh, the agreement is that when you pass away, they promise to pay a specified amount of, of money mm-hmm. to the named beneficiaries in that life insurance mm-hmm. policy. Okay. And by the way, uh, for anybody listening, the reason that we're doing this, we've talked about providing uh, some instruction for alumni who are everywhere on the the gamut of life experience. So we have graduates who just, I mean, we just uh, sent out the class of 2018. So these are uh, 21, 22, 23-year-olds who are going in. And so um, everybody has different needs. Keith addresses a lot of these in his podcast, but I wanted to make sure that we spend some time with these specifically. And so tying in life insurance and and wills as well. And as I mentioned at the end, uh, talking about some of the things that we want to try to support our alumni with in terms of connections in that way. So you've talked, uh, actually, we did a podcast, you and I, a while ago on the stages of wealth management. I think that you you Mm -hmm. described it that way. And you highlighted a few of those. So that was that was a little while back, and you did mention one of the key stages of wealth management, and wills and probably life insurance as well right. tie into that. So I, I think the uh, the question here might be, um, you know, who should get a will, and and what is the time period where a person should start thinking about that, and then if you can, how does the life insurance thing tie into that? Okay, let me take the life insurance first because I think one of the things that people don't really understand is the purpose of life insurance is to protect your family um, in the event of death. And and I'm going to say, um, you know, death, early death. Right. You right. Know, but when is the right time for death? You right. know, only God knows that yeah. one. But but life insurance can be one of the most important estate planning tools. And, and and a lot of people don't think of it as estate planning, but that's literally what you use it for primarily. 
So it can provide funds to your family to pay off a house. Um, you can use it to cover debts, pay burial uh, expenses or end-of-life medical expenses because they typically are big at that point, um, college costs for your kids, or even retirement income for your surviving spouse. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that, sadly, most people are, are very underinsured. Right. There's a lot more information that they need a, right. about life insurance. You know, yeah. Do you buy term insurance? Do mm-hmm. you buy whole life insurance? What's the best kind? And um, that's that's you know for another podcast, right? right. But uh, the most important thing is to is to get some professional advice and, yeah. and really sit down and figure out what is best for your okay. family. All right, good. So then we come to the will part, Go which is the, the main will. focus of the podcast, right? So is that something that a person who is in his or her fifties or sixties should be thinking about? What's the trigger in life, so to speak, when a person should start thinking? I need to prepare to, to get somebody to help me prepare a will. Well, there are several several key triggers. The the first one is when one becomes married, they really should start thinking about getting a will. In fact, they should get a will right away. Okay. Um, because let's say you come into mar- into the marriage with your own assets. Um, it, there may be several years before you would commingle those assets. And some people, let's say it was an inheritance from your parents, you may not ever want to commingle those. So if you have assets in your own name and they're not in joint name, you absolutely need a will. Mm-hmm. It's really important to do that. Um, the other thing is if once children come along, no question, that's when you need a will. Um, because people forget that the most important thing that a will can do is to name who is going to take care of those children if both the husband and the wife are gone. Mm. And um, then you've got another issue because let's say you went out and you did buy that life insurance. Now you've got assets right. that can be significant. Who's going to manage that? Right. Is it going to be the same person mm-hmm. who is managing your children or you know, raising your children? Right. Or do you want a different person mm-hmm. uh, to manage the assets? Uh, just to help protect the children. So um, there are a lot of considerations that that are important. Another one, you can be single and need a will because what if you own a business? What mm-hmm. if you have, have accumulated some wealth? Um, you need to have a will so that you can determine where that, where that estate is going to go upon your death. Uh, what are some of the things that might happen in a scenario where, uh, let's say there's a couple who, who is married and has several children, and they both were to pass away, but they did not have a will? What are some of the, the, the potentially uh, difficult things that could happen at that point? Well, first of all, I think of the children. Who is going to take the children? So do you want the state of Pennsylvania to determine who's going to take care of your children, or would you rather make that decision? I would like to make that decision myself. I think so, too. Yes. I mean, and I think, you know, as a believer, you 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 want to make that decision uh, because I think you have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we could make an argument from, from the Scriptures about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, let's just say it's a husband and wife with two children, and the husband is suddenly killed in an auto accident, What and you don't have a will. What happens to those assets that are in the husband's name. Well, this is really surprising. The state of Pennsylvania has a plan for your life, or excuse me, for your death. Um, And it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. A lot of people automatically think that, okay, if I die, it's going to go to my wife. Well, not necessarily true, because under Pennsylvania law, only the first 30,000 goes to your spouse, and then the balance of it gets divided between your children 
and your spouse. Mm. Um, now, that might be good or it might be bad, but I've seen situations where the spouse, the surviving spouse, um, half of the estate is sitting in, in, in banks being controlled by state, by the state of Pennsylvania, mm. and you can't go get that money out mm. and use it So uh, until that child reaches the age of majority, which in Pennsylvania is 21. So, so there's a lot of complications there. Dying without a will is not is not wise. Right. This is and it's challenging because people, especially in that stage where they are newly married with children, I mean everybody's busy, but that is a particularly unique and busy time of life. And and so thinking about what seems like so far away, death, um, is not something on the forefront of people's minds. So they may be tempted almost to take some shortcuts. Like for example, let's just say I had a friend <laughs> that uh, thought, you know, oh, I don't have the time to produce a will, it's costly, so maybe I'll just write this on a piece of paper and kind of stick it in a drawer. And in the event of my wife's and my untimely death as going through things, they'll discover this paper and right. see this is, this is what my wishes were. Does that work? Well, it actually can work. It's called a holographic will, but it, really? I would yes. Okay. But I wouldn't recommend that because you might leave out some really important elements that need to be in there. Yeah. So I mean it is possible yeah. that that it would work. Now, you know, do you have the right number of witnesses and all of the stuff that you need yes. to make that document legal and something that's not going to be contested in court. Right. I mean you want to make this as easy as you can on your on your surviving spouse and family. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, go get a will. It's just not advised. <laughs> just go get right. a will. Yeah, and it's going to be so much, much more easier. tricky that way. Yeah, that you, makes and sense. And you have so much less risk. Yeah, it's kind of sloppy. Well, I'll make sure I'll tell this guy that he needs to do yeah, this. Yeah, tell I mean, him to get there right it, away. It's, <laughs> it's really important information. And we don't want our alumni to be like my friend who just puts some of these things down in, on, on a paper in hopes of their discovery in the event of his untimely demise. So. We have set about the task of putting together an agreement with our friends at the law firm of Drake, Heilman, and Davis, whom uh, we've known around here at Cairn for many years. They've agreed to offer a discount of 20% to graduates of Cairn, provided that you live in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, which, by the way, uh, uh, fun fact, is the vast majority of our alumni are in the states of PA, New Jersey, and one or two other surrounding uh, local areas. And they're providing this on the service of creating a, a will for those alumni in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And I've been through this process myself personally, and it went very well. They were very helpful. Everything was clearly explained. It really was much simpler than my wife and I anticipated. So we're pleased to offer this new benefit to our graduates. And so I'd encourage you, if you're interested in hearing more about this and just taking advantage of it, contact Keith at kjohnson at cairn.edu. And he can connect you with our friends there to have you get started on this process. And I'd also encourage you to listen to and subscribe to Keith's podcast, Advancement, where he gives sage advice on all kinds of issues related to investment, retirement, business strategy and thinking, and more which are relevant to alumni, whatever field you have been in. Well, thanks, Keith, for spending some time with us. And uh, those listening, stay tuned for a very special announcement about Cairn's new Pathway Society and how you might easily join. And then stick around also for Keith Johnson's own Cairn 10. Thanks for listening. Well, we're back for just a few minutes with Keith Johnson here with a special announcement about the new Pathways Society. Keith what is the Pathway Society? You know, this is something that's really excited uh, I'm, that I'm really excited about because 
The Pathway Society is designed to honor and recognize those who are alumni and friends of the university uh, and have used— Former students as well. Or former students, absolutely, you're right, Uh uh, who have used some sort of planned giving tool uh, to remember the university and support the university um, sometime in the future. So it's a planned gift. It's a future gift rather than a current gift. So, for example, um, you know, we did a podcast about uh, wills. So, if you leave, uh, say, ten percent uh, in your will, or you name Karen University as beneficiary of ten percent of your will, um, that would qualify you to be a member of Karen's Pathway Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a way to honor. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to buy a life insurance policy and give that to the university, mm-hmm. that would qualify you. And there are many other ways in which you can be qualified. Um, we already are beginning to get responses from people who've heard about this. This is brand new, so um, we're, we're really excited to be rolling this out. Uh, and there will be some, some benefits to those who become a member of the society. One of the things that we plan to do is to have some special event with those who are members uh, with our president. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be uh, just a really special time for right. them. And so even if you are in your, in your mid to late 20s and you're planning your will, if you're choosing to name Karen as a beneficiary, which is certainly something that would be legitimate to do, even at that young age, you could be a part of the Pathway Society too. So it's not just for people who are uh, in much older stages of life. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, you know, it's amazing. I always am surprised at how many people have already remembered yes. Karen University in their will. Right. It's really exciting to see that. Yeah. Um, and, and, this, and we're so appreciative of that. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, last time uh, in a podcast, we started a little thing where we went through someone's own Karen 10. So we have these 10 questions, and um, they are pretty much the same questions. And I posed those to, a, to uh, Sarah Fiscus, a graduate of, of Karen, just recently, 2018. Now, Keith graduated a little bit longer ago. Mm-hmm. And when Keith <laughs> was at Karen, um, it was uh, the campus, of course, was in the city of Philadelphia. So his responses may be a little different, but uh, certainly we have perhaps alumni from various generations and some who attended the school when it was in the city. And uh, so they might find some of these particularly fascinating. So we're going to run through these very, very quickly. Are you prepared for the format here, Keith? I am. I'm okay. ready. Here we go. Bring it on. Who was your favorite professor? Uh, Dr. Rennie Showers. Just really appreciated him. Which book did you read during your time that had the greatest impact on you? Okay. Now, uh, Nate, I don't read. You have 10 seconds. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like technical books. Okay, right. So you give me technical books. I love those. Give me law books, things like that. Okay. But reading for pleasure, I think not too often. Okay. More technical reading. All right. Going on. What spot on campus would you remember the most fondly and why? Ah, I had a room on the 15th floor, which was the top of the Robert Morris Hotel, uh, which was just awesome. I had a great view of the city. I loved to just sit there and at my window and look out the, and look out over the city. Which class that you had rocked you most at the core? And you get a because on this one, but we'll still keep it quick. Uh, Daniel Revelation hmm. was probably my my favorite class uh, back then and 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 guess who it was taught by right 
Dr. Rennie Showers. Yeah, your favorite professor, right. <laughs> exactly. Makes sense. Good. Who was your first roommate? I never had one. <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, I always had a single room. Wow. And uh, that was one of the benefits of the Robert okay. Morris Hotel. Yeah. Very few of them were double rooms. Okay. And uh, it was single. awesome. So I never had a roommate in five years of college. Good for you. What was your favorite non-academic related thing to do while you were a student here? Uh, touring with a singing group called the Crusader Men. Uh, we traveled all summer long, and then we did concerts during the, the school year as well. Traveled all over the East Coast, just had a great time. Which food in the cafeteria was your go-to food back in 1971 and five? Well, I will tell you, I can't remember the good food. Yeah. All I can remember <laughs> is what I hated. Yes. And I will yeah. tell you, I hated yeah. the meatloaf. What was your favorite off-campus spot to go with friends? Freddy's. It was an Italian restaurant. Mm -hmm. What will you miss, or what did you miss most about that place or that experience when you graduated? You know, it's the excitement of the city. I think it's just just that simple. And what's the one thing about Cairn that you hope will never change? Um, I'm going to say two, sorry. But I would say the quality of education. I, I am so impressed with what I see today here. But And beyond that is the generosity of our alumni. I think that's so cool. Keith Johnson's Karen 10.